2: Way back, he looks up, there's the cycle, you can't put
3: it on the board, yes! A single, double, triple, and home run in one game. And he is
2: hit for the cycle. Hey there, welcome back to the cycle. I'm your host, Matt again. Matt here with Jim Flanagan.
0: What's going on?
2: Nothing, man, we're about to, uh, we're doing the intro before we have our conversations a today. for us. Yeah, it's fun, you know, switch it up. Change it up a little bit can't do the same old stuff Mm-mm. every time. I think we should change it up we're going to be talking to Billy Bean who's the vice president of Social Responsibility and Inclusion for Major League Baseball and we got the Matrix here Sean Marion. Sean Marion, a Chicagoan and a uh, you know all-star in the NBA for many years. Well, Keegan born and bred was he an NBA champion? He was did in, we verify that 2011 2011 with the Mavericks. And uh, that's one of my favorite NBA champs outside of the Bulls okay. championships because they beat the uh, the Heat.
0: The dreaded Heat, that three-headed monster there. That was the first year, right? It was. It was the first year of the big three. Everybody was rooting for oh, Dallas. Absolutely. Uh, and, and it was good to see Dirk get one, and a guy like Marion, who had a great career, 16 seasons in the NBA. Yep. Was yeah, a so superstar
2: in his prime. Yeah, it'll be nice to meet him. He will be probably our tallest guest we've ever had. I think so. We always break ground every episode. We do. Someone is is new, bringing something different. Will uh, this be
0: our third different sports champion? We have a Super Bowl winner. We have a World Series winner. NBA title winner. We will yeah. have everything but uh, hockey. Brad, get our esteemed producer, Brad, get on that.
2: Yeah, what is let's, the? Let's get
0: somebody from the. Ho- he's just <laughs> he's silent right now.
2: And we had the Indy Indianapolis. Uh, we do. Five hundred winner. Three time Indy winner. Three times. Mm. Uh, we got some great stuff going on at the park. We're just, um, how about this? A live podcast. Excited for that. Recording on Saturday, August 6th with Carlton Fisk. What? Yeah, that was my favorite player growing up. I'm so, so excited. I'm excited about it. Yeah, they're playing the Orioles that day. And I was just saying, that's it's my favorite player growing up. And the team that crushed my dreams, Ugh. the Orioles, 1983. It's not something that, like, you know, no one ever just calls him Carlton, Carl, Carlton <laughs> right? It's Carlton Fisk. Absolutely. You say Full Carlton, you picture the dude from Fresh Prince. Fresh Prince, right. Right? a <laughs> yeah. Carlton should wear sweater vests, <laughs> Carlton Fisk, more often. I think he should. But it's, a fu- it's funny, like, no, yeah, I, can't, I think I'm just going to do that during the podcast. I'm just, just going to keep calling him Carlton. Just Carlton? Yeah, Carlton. Well, thanks, Carlton. Talk about 1983 Carlton. It's such a, it's not a common name. It's not. But Carlton Fisk
0: is. But you you let you always say it in one piece. It's always Carlton Fisk. Like you are saying, yeah. there is no just Carlton.
2: You don't blink when you hear that. Mm-hmm.
0: Carlton Fisk sounds normal. Mm-hmm. Carlton. I think. you think his wife does that? Carlton Fisk. <laughs> you come down for dinner, <laughs> right there, honey. All right, Carlton Fisk. I made potatoes. I love you, Carlton Fisk. <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> It seems like it's not the first time you've said that. I want to say that.
2: <laughs> yeah, right.
0: <laughs> Plenty of times watching the game. A I went I to
2: Cooperstown so to, for his induction. Did you really? Yeah, my dad and oh. I planned that when he was an active player. My dad was like, we're <laughs> going to go when he gets inducted. That's awesome. And sure enough, he was elected to the Hall of Fame, and we went to Cooperstown, and it was, uh, it was a blast, a lot of fun.
0: One of my favorite Fisk moments, I was at the game when they were playing the Rangers during the retirement season, and uh, they gave him the motorcycle. Bo rode the motorcycle onto the field. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? I do. I was here for that. That was a lot of fun. Were you, really? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Speaking of Bo Jackson, they have a Bo Jackson bobblehead mm. out. The first Transitions. Bo Jackson.
0: No one's done a Bo Jackson bobblehead before? No one's ever done a Bo Jackson bobblehead. Any
2: uh, baseball,
0: football, any team, nothing. That's really, really crazy to me. And it's, it's great. Yeah, describe it here. All right. So uh, it's Bo with a broken bat over his knee. He just broke the bat over his knee. Uh, he's standing on a football with one foot. He's got a football helmet on the other side. No logos on it, but the black and silver. I think we know who that's all about. And then uh, wearing his number eight socks gear. It's
2: fantastic. And you can get it. This can be yours. You can buy it at the stadium. And uh, where are the sections again? Sections
0: we can get- 100, 135, and 535.
2: During a game. During a game only. Yeah, you
0: yeah. can't just show up walk in here if you do ask for brad though (laughs) if you do just walk in here ask for brad
2: tell him you're here to buy a bobblehead or you can go to white slash bo bobble (laughs) it's great to say white slash bo bobble bobble and pick up yeah it is cool i I like it although he's standing on the football and that's they tell you at an early age get off the ball (laughs) You're going <laughs> to lopsided. You think anyone's yelling at Bo about that, though? <laughs> I don't know. And he's
0: standing <laughs> right on the laces, too. Well, he literally has a broken bat over his knee. You think anyone's <laughs> mad at him for standing on a football at this very moment?
2: Great. I think I saw Bo break one over his head once. Did you? On, a, on top of his helmet. <laughs> he broke one. I don't
0: remember that one. The feats of strength of Bo, though. The, the things you hear about what this guy did. Uh, nothing surprises me. I want to get him on this podcast. I do, too. Yeah, that would be great. Bo, we're calling you out. Yeah. Please come talk to us. Bo Bobble. Bo Bobble.
2: There is a great story you talk about. Bo coming out on the, uh, there was a center field warning track. They, could, you know, the gates open and he brought the motorcycle out for Carlton mm-hmm. Fisk. And we sat down with Robin Ventura at Sox Fest. Unfortunately, the recording <laughs> recording didn't take, but he tells a great story of when Karkovice <laughs> retired, retired. during scary. batting practice. He got a 10 speed and Robin. <laughs> Came out from center field
0: and rode the ten speed. No ceremony, nothing. Just Robin riding the ten yeah. speed. They got him. Oh, that's great. And they
2: put up uh, like a fake retired number <laughs> on the on the wall. Oh, that's beautiful. They were all for uh, for Carco. What was Officer Ron's number? I can't recall. He was twenty, I believe. Twenty. Yeah. Okay, number twenty. Which was uh, also the uh, he needs at least that SPF <laughs> all the time twenty he needs, indoors indoors he actually needs seventy two he needs the Carl Carl Fisk sunblock not Carlton sunblock right that he doesn't need any so uh, yeah we're just waiting for Billy Bean to come join us Billy is uh, one of two openly gay Major League Baseball players in the history of the game sure and he played um, in the nineties. Last year, or maybe it was 2014, he was named an ambassador of inclusion for Major League Baseball. And then earlier this year, he was promoted to vice president of uh, social responsibility and inclusion. He was here today talking to all the front office people, and he's got a a tremendous story. And we're looking forward to to talking with him. And it's funny, when I got the text today, like, hey, we're going to talk with Billy Bean (laughs) I was thinking. I was looking for that e on the end. Yeah, I'm with you. Right? I'm with you. It's so funny that they both go by. I love these guys that go by Billy, even when they're older.
0: Yeah, right. Still Billy.
2: No William. No Bill. (laughs) Right. You don't hear
0: Carlton Fisk going by Carly, do you? No, he's Carlton Fisk.
2: He's a man. That's what he does. Yeah, that would be interesting. So, what else, uh, Jim? We got going on? Anything? No. Uh, (laughs) This is weird to put me on the spot. no, um, okay, you're a loser. I'm sad.
0: I'm gonna miss uh, August sixth when you are doing the Carlton Fisk live podcast. I will be headlining a show for the Milwaukee Comedy Festival that night. Oh, is that right? so, so you're gonna plug something else? You said try, what else is going on? You said trump, what's going on? My trump are. I mean, that's fine. You guys have fun with Carlton. Uh, I'll be, you know, with my adoring fans up in Milwaukee next week. You said what else is going on? If I'm gonna plug stuff next week, Kevin Bozeman and I, the twenty eighth through thirtieth, will be at Zanies in St. Charles. Oh, is that right? Come catch a show. Be there a lot you go. of fun. Two thirds of the
2: cycle. Yeah, I got nothing, man. I'm a, mm. I'm going on vacation next week. Are yeah, right, we headed. We're going to New Buffalo, Michigan.
0: I want to see how much of this bread actually airs. Yeah,
2: <laughs> we're going to New Buffalo. It's he stopped a, recording. Uh, three bedroom. You what? Stop recording.
0: Give him the address. <laughs> see if any fans want to come out and say hi to Pat. I have your New Buffalo contingent.
2: Here we are. Here's uh, Billy Bean. What are you doing. Been warm. Yeah. <laughs> Billy, really, we're recording already. We're, We've already, we just jump right in. We, we never do it this way. Mm-mm. We thought we would just Halfway go. Halfway into a post, I'm, I'm intimidated by social media more than anybody. <laughs> so so you're re, are you rethinking a tweet or something? <laughs> oh, no.
1: You don't ever have to worry about that. I, uh, I post just like today, you know, something, opportunity to meet, uh, you know, the White Sox and, uh, yeah, the Twitter, like, conversation kind of thing, that's... Nobody has to worry about me making a mistake there. Right? Oh, yeah, right, right. Yeah, how about <laughs> it? All right, so that
2: we talked a little bit about you before you came in, and uh, thanks for doing this. I'm Pat McGann. This is Jim Flanagan. Jim Flanagan, Jim. nice to meet you. And, um, nice to meet you. Yeah, we love it if you write on the mic there. You are, you originally were the ambassador of inclusion, and this okay. year you were named the vice president of social responsibility and inclusion.
1: Right, right. That was a, a wonderful surprise. I, I've been at work for about a year and a half uh, as the first ambassador for inclusion um, and, uh, was able to, uh, make some contributions, uh, outside of the LGBT sphere and, um, um, was surprised with that opportunity, which really, um, stays right in line with what I'm doing, but it, it allows us to, we're getting an opportunity to really refine, um, what our social responsibility, uh, messaging is and, that, and to create a department it's it's becoming such a uh responsibility that is embraced within the commissioner's office that uh, i want to help us elevate um some of the great initiatives that we are doing and um it is our responsibility to give our players life skill lessons there's right, sure. um they're so young when they come to the big leagues i speak spanish i've gone down to dominican uh, played winter ball five times and and um
2: that's impressive. Down yeah. there. Is that the only other language you got?
1: That's the only one I, I got. Back <laughs> I'm still two. trying to master English, first of all. But uh, um, but even there, you know, you see that uh, baseball has a unique way of bringing many cultures together. And for us to expect that they all get it just because they got called up to the major leagues. Um, and also the opportunity to talk to minor league players in spring training um, and get some some good stuff in front of them too right and uh you know i want to help our players succeed um you know when you're talking about minor league players not every one of them makes the major leagues but you know three or four year five year minor league baseball experience if we can uh, aside from them learning to manage life through that kind of stress um give them some great uh, things to move on with their lives and maybe move into coaching or you know high school youth programs or whatever and just really paying it forward with the opportunity we have
0: when you talk about that social responsibility how how is it I mean do you, do you actually get to see the rewards of taking someone who may not have been as open to, to the different cultures that are out there and actually watch them grow watch them become a little more open-minded
1: I th- you know you don't always hear a thank you mm-hmm. um, I think if there is integrity and authenticity to the message that especially the veteran players in the big leagues, I have, uh, I, I told when I spoke with the, the front office here today, I shared, um, you know, some of the m- most difficult moments for me was walking into a major league clubhouse, looking at, you know, t- 35, 40 players in spring training, um, during the season, 25 guys, um, and them wondering, you know, what the F are we doing in here? You know what I mean? Right. Like, uh, And so me bringing something that's relatable um, out of respect to their time and, and the, the attention that they're giving. Um, but they're well, having context.
2: The- to give context to our listeners, this is recent. And, and oh, they, sure. They, yeah, I the, saw the video that you said, like, this is a conversation that we're probably 13, 15 years too late on having. But you played in the 90s. I did. And I
1: finished 20 years ago, which right. is I was young. Um, and again, up until two years ago, I didn't think there would ever be a place for me in baseball because I disclosed that I am gay. Sure. And, yeah. uh, even though I played six seasons, like I said, I'm bilingual. I, I played winter ball five times. Um, I've been around. You
2: really want to hammer home that bilingual <laughs> thing. Yeah. We know Billy. Well, but I mean,
1: and w- what sport would it seem to be? No, you know, I know, I know. But, uh, and that game, we we're, we're smart asses. That's yeah, the <laughs> <best> <laughs> thing to <we> do. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, I guess for me, I'm learning as we go as well, and the opportunity that uh, I see each and every day, um, you know, the generosity of the White Sox taking a little bit of time in the middle of the season to have a conversation yeah. ab- for their employees. It wasn't about me, sure um, so I, I, I take great umbrage with that and try to to maximize the opportunity and hopefully um, as time starts to come on, we've we have seen. Um, Some players really embrace because of an intersection in their life with a topic that we may have uh, talked about um, where they see, wow, we can make a difference by the simplicity of a message of acceptance or talking about, wow, today, you know, the club really did something great that wasn't about balls and strikes as much. Mm -hmm. Um, And I try to really explain how how disappointing or damaging a negative uh kind of comment can be as well um and well, that's ultimately you know the choice of the player but using a few examples that show where a player sort of becomes defined by what they do away from the field instead of on it
2: yeah yeah and where is that line cuz i'm sure you know we've all not all of us that, that are listening but you know being guys like being in that that guy atmosphere that macho right. and it you know it it feeds off one another it snowballs when you were in this, in the nineties, like how much did it affect your, your, your playing? How much did it affect your?
1: Well, I was so closeted. I was not out to my family there. I had no, I left a marriage for a person and that person I was with for three years before he passed away. um, Suddenly Um, I, I learned how to, I didn't realize to the extent that I was dividing, you know, who I was, you know, at the ballpark, I was a ball player. I mean, I, you don't just get to the big leagues. I played baseball every day of my life and was in the majors at 22. Um, It was a struggle for me to stay in the big leagues. I was not a great big league player. Um, And so while I was there, it was serious business. So, but I think when I would hear those comments, I would just leave the room. Mm -hmm. You know, I was not out to defend anybody. I certainly wasn't Trying to uh be an example for those guys to see because right. I was trying to hide something more than that was my number one priority in my life I right. think and um which is it was sad, but that's the way it was. It was a different time. The dialogue in the clubhouse was different than it is today. Um, you know any young man growing up in sports is going to have heard disparaging homophobic dialogue on a, on a baseball field, on a football field, on a basketball court, um, culturally that was accepted. So when we are in a, a, a time and place where we understand um, sexist comments should not be allowed, you know, the there are words that have been allowed to be said even on the air up until sure. recent times. Um, and, you know, feminizing a guy is based, uh, you know, sexism and sexist comments and demeaning to women. Um, they're all sort of connected, and I think that if we try to change the culture of what baseball is is standing for, the, the dialogue that the White Sox would like to it, to be understood, how they prefer, you know, their players speak, that it might take time, but at least. You're moving in a direction right. that uh, will ultimately change and move down to the lower levels of sports.
2: What kind of reception have you been getting? Because I'm sure it's different, you know, talking to the front office. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. Like, players are great. There are a lot of intelligent players, a lot of players that are very diverse outside of – they have a lot of different walks of life, a lot of different interests. There are probably some players that are more into that, you know, that athlete, macho sure. mode um, – what kind of reception are you getting in the clubhouse you get do you get follow-up questions do you get you know you, ever get, I, you said you don't get you haven't gotten a thank you but have you yeah get,
1: well not that i'm looking for one sure. but i you know and, and this is a perfect example of what that what i was trying to say with that is that uh i've probably spoken to 20 of our 30 big league clubs isolated you know just the players in a big league clubhouse um never has anyone raised their hand to ask a question after I was done because in Hmm. that environment I'm not so sure that that's an easy choice for a player to make to pick that time and place um to ask about something that is normally has never been discussed now today for example when you have uh men and women in the room and it's a business environment we had probably 10 questions asked that would have kept going had it not been backed up to lunch right. um and when when there are women in the room
2: <laughs> um sounds like a chicago meeting yeah. when there, all right
1: gotta eat when there are women in the room men tend to relax tremendously when we're talking about this because it's not like why are we all in this room with this gay guy talking to us like mm-hmm. you know and that's from years of training that we need to stay far away from the things that we don't like. Sure. So the, I think I've had, I've had a few players come up to me after and say, you know, thank you, man. That could not have been very easy.
2: What about guys you played with after you came out after you retired? That
1: is where I've gotten the most um, response in the video that I showed today. um, Ironically, you're playing the Detroit Tigers today. And Brad Osmus was my roommate in San Diego Uh, He was one of the first people that uh, literally asked if he could, if you need me for anything, you know, let me know. Mm -hmm. And uh, Harold Reynolds, who's a big uh, personality in um, MLB, still a great player as well. Uh, Trevor Hoffman. uh, Mark Grace said some great stuff. We played against each other in high school and through the minors, and uh, he had a great career here in this town. Um, So, and I was – most afraid of how those guys would react to the the news and when i left baseball and um and that was a an interesting lesson for me that people still to this day um remember me as a baseball player and i thought they would only judge me as a gay person sure and that was a very uh difficult hurdle for me to get past because mm-hmm. i struggled with uh, a lot of shame about it and and uh and it wasn't like I was having a gay old time when I was a player. I was just the fact that it was the truth, and yeah. I lost a partner, yeah. and I literally stopped having any social life at all. Wow. Um, and then I, I jumped out of baseball without really thinking about a plan B. Um, I didn't understand how that would affect my family.
2: And all these struggles contributed to you walking away from absolutely, the game. You absolutely. could have still play.
1: Yeah, and they reminded me of that. And then I forgot that I was a pretty good player. Um, just sort of coming into my own um, as a utility player. And um, so there's been some really amazing highs and a few difficult days, but I think the reward of being asked back into baseball um, gives me great determination to not let another person, if they want, if they choose to live the way that I did, there's nothing anybody can do about that. But to feel a little bit better that they're not the only person, which is a, mm-hmm. a, a common thread for a lot of people in any uh, vocation. Uh, from our generation, when they were closet, they didn't know anybody else. And uh, I think my life would have changed if I had to talked to Brad or my dad or my mom or my four brothers. I don't know why I didn't have the belief in myself to to make that decision. Um, and a lot of people thought I just didn't care about them when i just dropped out of my life and moved to miami beach as far away as i could and that's the opposite of the truth i didn't want it to change um so not everybody is in a perfect place when it comes to you know their self-acceptance and right. um you know i challenge the guys when we do talk i said you know when people talk about like you know when is a person going to come out i i said listen these guys are in their early 20s Look look in the mirror for a second. How evolved emotionally were you in your early twenties? You know, sure. were you perfectly set settled into who and what you are sure. and what you want to be?
2: Um Well, playing this game, I I would assume I can't speak you know personally, but playing this game it probably keeps you a little bit
1: Absolutely know, armored from up, growing and, up. Yeah, yeah you being. don't have time But these
2: guys are dads. They have yeah. children and yeah. they want to you could speak to them as dads.
1: Well that's a that's a great uh Point because I do make that comment about the way I was raised. My dad was in the military. Um, He was a cop for almost 25 years after that. He was in the Marine Corps. He's from the Midwest, 70 miles from here, Racine, Wisconsin, I Mm -hmm. think. Um, The way he talked about gays when I was little, I thought that's the way it was. And so I talk about, you know, if if there isn't anything relatable for the players uh, personally, then I try to talk to them. Think about your life as a, a father or a future father, if you're not uh, one yet. You know, what kind of conversations are you going to have at your table? You know, yeah. are you going right. to raise a bully, or are you going to raise someone who is a leader, a great teammate? You know, wants to grow up and be like their dad. Yeah. You know, because what what your dad or your mom says is the most important thing that a child hears.
2: Do you think that Major League Baseball is ready for open, openly gay players to? Would you encourage someone to come out if they came to you
1: i wouldn't encourage uh, a player to do anything. I would be supportive of um, you know a person has to live with that decision um, to be in a major league sport uh, or in big leagues uh, and if, for someone to make that decision that's going it's going to change the dynamic of their life sure i think I think players and uh, if a team knew that a player uh, was gay and he was uh a contributing part of the team and he didn't make it about that i think that i absolutely think our sport is ready to embrace that because sure. there's
2: only one other guy right glenn burke
1: glenn burke who died uh 1995 played yeah. a, about a year and a half i think in the late 70s and 1980 it was I it might have awesome. been his last year so yeah there's a reason 147 years only two former big league players are current have ever disclosed that so definitely it's a choice, and it's a—it's not an easy one. So my job is not really looking at that as a report card for how the sport is doing. It's what kind of dialogue or culture can we create around that. Mm-hmm. So a player, if indeed is ready to make that decision, uh, I want it to be a, a positive experience for everybody. I don't want it uh, right. to, to be a negative one.
2: Well, that's great that you're there for them and, and that they know it. And, you know, if I'm you, maybe I don't want – because you're probably the best – gay player ever <laughs> out of two i don't know i mean how good was glenn burke he you want to hold on to that player. title uh, yeah, right uh, yeah
1: <laughs> that's uh that's for others to decide but uh hopefully there'll be plenty of players and i'll move my way back down to the bottom of that list like i probably deserved
2: to be well how back. great that you you've come back around and yeah. you're back in Valley major baseball and yeah. doing great things and I, and I hope that the momentum in the lgbt community Continues as they get more rights and more. So cool. We're not a political podcast, but <laughs> Just throw that you in there. Are, You are enlightening people, so we appreciate that. Well, thank you, and thanks, thanks for, for having me. us. Appreciate it. Thanks, Billy. Thanks. thanks so much for your time, Billy Bain All right. Well, this is very exciting. We have a NBA All Star. This guy, you had a hell. Of, I'm gonna say hell. I don't care. <laughs> I swear it's a podcast. You had a hell of a career. We are with
3: Sean Marion
2: the Matrix. A Chicagoan from Waukegan, right?
3: From Chicago, Waukegan, yes, sir.
2: Yeah, where'd you go to high school?
3: I actually went to high school in Tennessee. It was uh, a situation where I had to move away for a little bit, so yeah. that's okay.
2: And then you went, went to, to a small school mm-hmm. and transferred into UNLV.
3: Mm-hmm. Vincennes to UNLV, and I came out, 99 draft.
2: Yeah, where is Vincennes?
3: In, uh, Vincennes, Indiana. It's about a three-and-a-half, four-hour drive from here. Yeah. Straight down 41.
2: Okay, all yeah. right. I'll go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get there. <laughs>
3: So are you have you been to Chicago are
2: you a baseball fan? Oh yes. Diehard fan. <laughs> yeah, because I was, I was just <laughs> I was just trolling your Twitter a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I saw you wearing a different color hat. <laughs> hanging out at a different stadium. You get yeah, lost we, on your way to the we stadium. We're always talking about it. that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, you know, it's my first time over here. This, this is, is your first really? time? Yes, oh. it is. Get out of here. I'm a diehard cubby. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Oh. No, You're a diehard.
2: <laughs> That's hurtful. Don't even say that word on our podcast.
3: No. That's what I'm saying. I'm not here for that, though. I'm here for the USA basketball and, you know, I'm saying it the first pitch. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. This what's about right now. All right. Oh, we'll decide what you're here team. for. This is our show. Will you? That's right. right, That's right. right now. Will <laughs> you <laughs> root for the Sox tonight? You said, yeah. Will yeah, you root for them tonight? Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely, cool. Definitely. All right.
2: And you're gonna throw out the first pitch? Yeah. Are you gonna yeah. get loose? We no. always ask people if they warm up. No. No.
3: No. No. I got a little hip injury anyway, so
2: it didn't matter. Oh, <laughs> do you really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was, so I was, yeah, I was following you up, uh, just looking at your thing. And
3: you're just in China, too. Uh, yeah, I was in China. Uh, I've been in China twice this year so far. So I was in there early in um, February, and then I just came back and went again uh, about, about six weeks, a month ago. A you month, got on your Twitter,
2: you it's May 16th. You got a picture of you on the LaSalle Street Bridge. And then two days later, it's a picture of you on the Great Wall of China. <laughs> so I was it's like pretty this cool. is like Carmen San Diego stuff man. Man, <laughs> yeah, it happens everywhere. real
3: quick man. I'm uh I'm uh I'm very uh I'm mobile right now so yeah. I can travel anywhere.
2: You just retired last year and we mentioned your illustrious career in the NBA. You played, you were drafted, you started at the age of 21 in the NBA. Uh, I remember you just about on all these teams but the Phoenix Suns, How great teams, was those that? are like some of the best teams. Yeah. Yeah. That unfortunately you guys never got the title but talk about those years playing with the sons and
3: uh, it was fun it was a great uh great uh, great time of my life man you know it was uh basically uh, i defined myself as a player and uh, you know it was it was great to i watched the city grow the, the the city grew with me as as well as i did as a player and um it was fun man it was a great ride you know i still have a lot of ties in phoenix you know i still have a place I keep a place out there i got a lot of friends that live out there still and um you know um I, I was just really sad I just didn't win the championship out there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then you go from there, <clears throat> playing with this great Steve Nash, Stoudemire. I mean, obviously just great teams. You go to Dallas. Miami and, first. I'm sorry,
3: Miami first. Miami first, then Toronto, then Dallas. Then yeah, Dallas. yeah.
0: But to go – I mean,
3: how was, how was that playing with Dirk? Oh, Dirk was awesome, man. Yeah. I think uh, he's a uh, unique and dynamic type of player. You know what yeah. I'm saying? To, to be able to shoot the ball the way he does at seven foot and just – uh, it was fun. It was fun. He's a he's a great guy, great teammate. You know, and um, you know, that's uh, what more can I say? He's a future Hall of Famers.
2: What do you think about you know? Do you fraternize with any Major League Baseball players? Do you guys ever talk about like, dude, our season's harder, our sports more difficult. the Hardest thing to do is hit a baseball, or like, no, I've never talk- done that. You know, <laughs> I
3: don't I not I compare and contrast. You know, I think it's um, it's just it's just two different types two different types of sports. You know, and uh, I think all everybody. We all professionals, so at the same time, though, you know, to make it to be to professional level, you have to be really good. You yeah, know? right. And, uh, for us to be here at this level, you know, I think uh, it's it's awesome. It says a lot for yourself. You know, I mean, everybody can't be an NBA player. Everybody can't be a professional baseball player. Everybody can't be a professional. I mean, hockey, hockey, whatever. Every yeah, sport. yeah. So it's, it's that much work you got and dedication you got to put into to do it. So, um, I mean, I don't, I don't do that. I never do.
2: I think you were playing at a time when the NBA was changing a little bit into these super teams and the free agencies and mm. rivalries were going away. What do you think about the, uh, the whole signing with – I mean, just the Durant thing alone. Honestly. They, they had them. I mean, if, he, if they eliminate the, the Warriors in the conference finals – that doesn't happen, right? He's not He's not leaving.
3: Yeah, but. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if they come up short, he may still love. I mean, at the end of the day, it's his decision to make, though. Like, I mean, uh, they still got to go win regardless of where he decided to go. Yeah. So, it, uh, so it's but not going to be it to him. They still got to go, go out and perform and get it done.
2: When you were button heads with the Spurs mm-hmm. in those days, would could you have ever imagined going to the Spurs, signing with them?
3: Yeah. Uh, no, probably not. I don't know. I it's just—it's too hard to, to to sit here and say what you want to do and what part of your, what point of your career you're at. You know, I think uh, you know I was in a career where I felt like. You know, if I hadn't won a championship, and I know that's what something I really want to do, and it's not about the money, and you can put yourself in position to do that, that's what you're going to do. Yeah. I think uh, at the end of the day, it's it's up, it's your decision to make. Everybody gonna always have something to say, regardless if it's good or bad. So I feel like you know, uh, it's your choice. Yeah. Excuse me, dude. Yeah. I love it. No, that's no, what we want. It. Come on, man. It's a podcast. It's a podcast. Sean. You got it on tape. Right. Yes. You heard him. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Who <laughs> are some of the crazier, crazier <laughs> players, players you play with? Just funny stuff that happened on the road or You know, practices. one of my
3: favorite, my favorite hilarious guys got to be probably Oliver Miller. Back Oliver Miller oh, and yeah. Todd Day. Back in oh, my rookie season. Oh, they used to have me dying laughing. They was some of the best comedians I've ever had. Them two. And then Corey Blunt was good. My rookie season, I had I had some of the best vets i ever had in my life. Corey you know, Blunt. I the think the Bulls teammates. drafted Former Yeah. yeah yep. I had yeah. some of the best player teammates I've ever had in my career. You know, from Penny Hardaway, Jay Kidd, Cliff Robinson, uh, Luke Lonely was on that team, Dan Marley, Rex Chapman, um, uh, Toby Bailey. Um, oh, man, Toby, Toby Bailey. Tony Delk. Uh, yeah, Kentucky. Oh, who Gregory, else? Yeah. Yo, like I said, you you, know, you can go there. I even had Randy Livingston on my team. He was funny, too. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody was hilarious, dude. I had a great team. You know, for me being a rookie, the only rookie on the team that year, that it was pretty sweet. And for me to go out Did they haze there, you at all? No, they I, I did one time. They tried to um, – uh, one of my team, I ain't gonna tell who it was, but one of my teammates was like, he need, he asked me to bring. Come him on, some Sean. D-. He asked me to bring him some donuts. Get <laughs> uh. tell us. <laughs> he asked me to bring him some donuts. I said I was like fine, but I said the way he told me to me was so disrespectful though. I said don't talk to me like that. I'm a gross ass man. And uh, he was like, you know, he never asked me give him a donuts again. <laughs> it was Tony Delk, I know. Nope, <laughs> nope. Luke Longley, Corey Blunt, Oliver Miller.
0: Who
2: wants donuts God. more than no. Oliver Miller? No one. No one wants <laughs> donuts. No, <laughs> no. But you look it was like
3: funny
2: you could, though.
3: You look like you can still play. Do you get? Are you fielding calls from time to time? Do, does anyone reach out to you to see if you still have any interest? Uh, no, I, I don't even. T- I don't even take t- any calls, man. You know, but uh, you know, I could go if I really wanted but to. Do but do they call? Are there? I don't entertain them, so okay. it doesn't matter if they do or not. You know what I'm saying. So I told I, I cut off communication when it comes to that. I'm, right now, I'm only only cause I'm taking is for appearances, yeah, <laughs> right?
2: Yep, yep. So you left the Cavs. Yep. You were with them last year, and then they they won this year. Did you yep. reach
3: out to those guys? Oh uh, no, I, I congratulate them on it. I think they, it was it was a hell of a series. You know, I think uh, it was a great playoffs this year. You know, mm. what I'm saying the, the run they did, they did, you know, and um. um one more thing you need to say. They they, they got the they uh, got the championship. It was it was great. And you won it all in 2011
2: mm-hmm. with the Mavs. What is that? What does it feel like? Is it like, does that does that party go for days? The flight. Or did you guys win in Dallas? No, Miami. You went in Miami. Yeah, we celebrated oh, in Miami that night, dude. Yeah. The whole country was rooting oh, for you guys that yeah. year because that was first the year. first year LeBron. No, yeah. dude, that was. So what was that like?
3: It was uh it was amazing. I think uh, you know, you gotta be there to to savor the moment itself. But uh, you know, uh you when you win it you're you're kinda you're kinda like stuck. I mean, it's like you're in a moment that you really you don't think it's real. Cause it it's kinda thing like it's not it's like an imaginary world, fairy tale land. But you don't really grasp it and take it in control until after maybe a couple of years down and see what you did or maybe a year a month or two after it's settled down everything and calm down and actually see what you really had done you know when I had a chance to reflect on what we did and how we done it though it was like it was it was amazing yeah you know, I think uh um, I, I, I could I could honestly say this. I mean, I really feel like we could have beat anybody in the world that day. Yeah, you know, don't care what team you put together, we would beat the s**t up. Yeah. yeah, honestly, yeah, we, nobody would have beat us. You know, Is there especially any- when we could come when we came to play, we when, we didn't lose no not one game. You know, <laughs> games we around and then come out and play. That's one um, a few games we lost in the playoffs that year. Yeah. but for the most part, I didn't see nobody beating us. How was, much? All not, go
0: ahead. Well, like, was there an extra chip on your shoulder going up against the big three?
3: Uh, I don't think so much. I don't think we was looking at it like that. We okay. was looking at ourselves. We was looking at what we were capable of doing. I think uh, it didn't even matter. We didn't care who the <laughs> was playing. That's awesome. How you know. much
2: do you ramp up versus uh, the regular season in the playoffs? What would you say the biggest difference
3: is? Uh, it's, it's the biggest difference is more more focal. It's more of a half court setting. You gotta you gotta really zone in because one play can actually cause you to lose a game. You know, uh, so it's more possession more possession type game in, in uh, playoffs. And uh, you know, you gotta be aware of, uh, and know your game plan. You know, yeah. what what you gotta know all the tendencies exactly to the T of what guys do. So when you got one guy coming in, you know exactly what he does and what he likes to do, you got to take that away from him. That's your, your gift. Your, if your, your plan is to take that away from him and make him do something else, you got to know that because if you miss that assignment, you can cause a game, you can lose a game Yeah. Like that. So Who was a player when you played that you're getting
2: ready for a game and they're like, all right, Sean, you got this guy tonight, and you're like, dude, I don't want to guard this guy.
3: Uh, ain't, ain't too many guys uh, that I really felt like I didn't want to guard. It's just uh, at one, the one, the one, the hardest thing for me, I think, when I was uh, when I was younger in my career, when I went from, I think it was my third, fourth year, I had to. Uh, they had told me I was gonna go from small forward to power forward. Mm-hmm. So at that time, that's when we really had power forwards in this league. So you know, I'm having to guard Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, and all these. Tim, I mean, it's just like you name it. You know, yeah. every, that was the most dominant position in the league at the time. So. Right. That was a really challenge for me, you know. But I, I loved it, though. I love to compete, so I love to take the challenge and do it. So, you know, you they, guys, they may they may have had some good nights here and there, but I'm giving them twenty and ten. This is yeah, one, right. That's oh six, man, seven. you so, saw so up a So the I'm thing real, is, real, so yeah. like, thing is, it was it was more of a competitive nature for me. But a lot of time, I did I made it real hard for them guys, and and and, and then my endurance at the time, though, I, I never got tired at, at that time, you know. And uh, so I was able to run all day. Were you man, talker? No, not really. No, unless they start talking to me. So it, you guys, who were first. some of the talkers? Back then, who, who talked in the league? Like, what do they say? Like, what's the line?
2: Like, what's the line between, like, you guys are talking all night, and then what's the line when they square off and they're like, dude, and they
3: they shove somebody? It ain't even talking to the league like that. Unless, unless somebody just really don't like somebody. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like somebody really got to have a grudge against you They just don't like you to really talk. Other than that, um, there's a few guys in the league that play with chips on their shoulders right now. Yeah. But uh, for the most part uh, – <laughs> Uh, yeah, Give us you some dirt, man. You're retired. I mean, I'm telling <laughs> you. I, I'm <laughs> t- I mean, I really, I mean, who who I would have a competition with? Nobody yeah. really. Yeah. Look at competition. What about issues. the line?
2: What's the line with an official to get attacked?
3: Like, oh, that's easy. Disrespect. Dis- you know, they feel like they, if you challenging them and you questioning them at any time, and they feel like they can they can blow you trying to, to 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 blow their spot up, or whatever, or challenge them like that.
2: Can you drop an f-bomb and not get attacked? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's just context of like, dude, what? The yeah,
3: yeah, but when, once oh, they no, once they change the rules, though, once they change mm-hmm. the rules, though, a few, about five six years ago, about you know, what I'm saying verbally and or actions or whatever. Yeah, come on, it just took the emotion, basically trying to take emotions out of the game, and uh, that's when that's when they kind kind of got a little a little chaotic. Yeah, but for the most part, they get, they get they're a little lenient when it comes to they know when you're when you're trying to when you an emotional reaction, but you know, no one's trying to show them up. For the most part, they let you react, they try right. to let you react a little bit. It is part of the game. It's an emotional game. All right, I read your bio mm-hmm. on your website.
2: It says something that people might not know about you is uh, that you love cartoons. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, I don't <laughs> want to come at you because I know you're a grown <laughs> man. Uh, <laughs> but talk about these cartoons you love. Man, I love cartoons. What's your, I, what's, your, what's, your, what's the best cartoon?
3: My best cartoon right now. I mean, I watch them with my son all the time now. So we are. How yeah, many kids you got? One. I got a little boy. What's yeah. his name? Sean. Sean. Yeah.
2: How old is he? Two years old. Oh, that's great, man. Yeah. I got uh, a couple of little boys myself.
3: Yeah, so we watch, I mean, everything from Looney Tunes. Do other know s- their names? Hmm? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was trying to get through the fast. I so, know. I I, tell me the cartoon. Tell me gonna, your kids. I'm just messing around. Tell man. me your damn kids. <laughs> no. Man, tell me your no, kid's name. Whatever you just say. <laughs> no. Tell me your damn, damn kids' name. Tell me your kid's name before I put the hands <laughs> on it. <laughs> Elliot and Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot and Luke. What's <laughs> your favorite
2: cartoon? Don't hurt me. Cartoon. I told you, Elliot and Luke. Okay. I'm Okay.
3: <laughs> With ages,
2: <laughs> three and three and gonna be two
3: soon. Ooh, yeah, yeah, doing some devils right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're insane. <laughs> Mischievous. Uh, um, no, but uh, we watch Looney Tunes. Pretty much everything, dude. Cartoon, I'm Cartoon pulling it up on YouTube because it's not on anymore. Yeah, Cartoon Network. So like they show them and Boomerang show them 24 hours a day.
2: Oh, do they really? Yep. I'm a big Tom and Jerry guy. Yeah, they historically. Come on, yeah, they got a new. They got a newer no, version
3: of them now, right now. So like, yeah, they're the it. same. But mm-hmm. the older ones come on later. You know? Yeah
2: you going to chime in? You don't watch cartoons?
0: Oh, no, I do. I'm an old school Tom and Jerry, old school Flintstones.
3: I don't even see Flintstones. really? No? Yeah, I or, never no. like Flintstones that much. No, I don't see them much on TV. And, they and say they say come like good. I come on late night. Sure. And
2: they say you love movies. Best, oh, love uh, best sports movie.
3: Oh, Remember the Titans. Damn. Yeah, that's really? That's a good that one. That's
2: good. Yeah. They do not swear in that movie. That's a Disney movie. Yeah, it's a great movie, and he is in their face the whole. That is a it's great a good, movie. Great movie. All right. Um, Favorite basketball
3: movie? Uh. <sighs> above the rim. There you
0: go. That's a good one.
2: <laughs> What's that? like a Joanna man? Sunset Yeah right?
0: <laughs> Airbud,
3: Bud yeah,
2: air <laughs> All right, man. We'll get out there, throw a strike, <laughs> and you're gonna get up on the rubber, right? You're gonna go on the mound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna
3: right. do it like they do it. Some people, yeah. Some people go short. No, I'm gonna yeah. go up there. We'll do it like they do it. All right, Matrix.
2: This is Sean Marion. You're at uh, on Twitter at, at Matrix31. Yeah. Thank you for being on the cycle, man. No problem. Good luck Me to dude. you. Thanks Great guys. career, man. Thank you. All right, that was Billy Bean and Sean Marion. The episode where Pack got threatened by an NBA champion. I'll take
0: it, man. He almost broke you like Bo Jackson <laughs> broke this bat over his knee. I like, I like
2: to make, like our, I like to put him to the edge. Yeah, yeah, guess. Get a little testy with him. You know, you got to get something out of him. You got to trigger. Yeah, yeah. There were a few triggers
0: in that in that one. Absolutely. I mean, he was great. He was awesome. He was fun to talk to. And he had a great NBA career. He, he really did. did. And a long one. We, yeah, we talked a little bit about it, but I don't think, I don't know if people know the gravity of how good he was. I mean, because like you said, uh, just off here, we were talking about it, he was out West. Yeah. Right? When he was in his prime, and, and not a lot of people got to see him every day.
2: Yeah, so good. And um, to be 36 Ugh. and retired, retired. I can't imagine I retired four just years ago. Go to China? Because yeah. why not? Just have all that. All that cash yeah. in the bank.
0: Oh, I'm going to stop back home in Chicago for a couple of days throughout a first pitch of
2: the ball game. Right. It's not a bad little life. Yeah, he was cool. And Billy Bean, that's very uh, – you yeah. know, it's just – baseball has always been good about that. They've yes. been out in front of a lot of social things. And they've they've said that they've been a little bit behind on sure. this. But, um, you know, it's the um, the fact that there is someone there, if there are players that are struggling with this. Absolutely. They have someone to go to. Yeah. And awesome. just
0: for the other players to have some understanding, you know, for yeah. the other players in the clubhouse to to understand what their words mean and you know how they affect people, and I think it's good. I think it's interesting.
2: It is a very small percentage of people who are professional athletes Absolutely. for a career. The the challenge is when you leave that world, you realize there's another world out there. Sure. The real world. Absolutely. And you know if it's if it's preparing them for that alone, that's mm-hmm. that's huge. Right. So and I think it's generational too and these the, the people coming up now are more enlightened and more you know more accepting. Right. So it's good. It's it's uh it's great that he and it was nice of him to join us. So can't agree more. All right. So we have a couple things to give away. Um one we're giving away, we're giving away the Melky Cabrera signed ball, his autograph, Major League Baseball. All you gotta do is review us on iTunes or retweet us on social media when we post the cycle episodes. We also uh, want to encourage you to go to whitesocks.com slash bobble because there's not many bobbleheads left. There's not. They're moving fast. Yeah, pick one up and then we'll also remind you of our live podcast on Saturday, August 6th with Carlton. <laughs> Just Carlton. Fisk with Carlton. <laughs> Pudge. So come on out and uh, interact with us. You can email us some questions for Carlton Fisk at the cycle at shysocks.com and uh, tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your cousins, That's aunts and uncles, you know. neighbors to download and subscribe to The Cycle. And
0: at, f- follow us on social media. Yeah. Tell, us if you're, tell us if you're liking it. Tell us if you're not liking it. Tell us who you want to hear, who you, wanna, who you want us to interview on The Cycle. Uh, you are? I'm Pat McGann. You can
2: follow me on Twitter at McGannPat. I'm Jim Flanagan. You can follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Flan. All right. Thank you for listening to The Cycle. Bye. He gone. He did it.
0: Ratch, <laughs> get on back there.
2: He gone.
1: He did it.